American composer Elizabeth Ogonek has long been a fan of the late Polish poet Wisława Szymborska, who won the 1996 Nobel Prize for Literature. One of her favorite of Szymborska's poems is called While Sleeping, and it was the poem that inspired her to write Sleep and Unremembrance in 2015. She says that Szymborska was fascinated by the mundane and the quotidian, and she had a beautiful way of looking back on things using that kind of language. She found the joy and the playfulness in all these past memories. This particular poem grapples with the idea that memories often change so dramatically that they simply end up disappearing. What remains is a frantic quest to remember all the things that mark our lives as special until we come to terms with the fact that forgetting is a part of the cycle of life. The music that I have written, she says, attempts to capture the spirit and energy of this poem. Simple musical ideas are molded into highly recognizable gestures that reach far beyond their ordinary structural characteristics. As the piece develops, these kinds of ideas recede into the background as if they have changed or cannot be remembered anymore. Szymborska undoubtedly knew that she was near to her death when she wrote the poem, making the text a powerful opportunity to look back on life past. I, however, see it as a reminder that behind every corner lurks mystery, surprise, and change. Thus, the music twists and turns in search of its own memories and its true identity. It is only in the second half of the poem that it becomes apparent that this is a dream sequence. Szymborska uses a metaphor of taking a two-and-a-half-minute nap and having a complex dream of all these experiences which make up life. Time is suspended, and ideas from the beginning are stretched out and turned into more lyrical statements. The piece ends on an ambiguous note, as if we don't know what comes next. End quote. And you hear the applause for the San Francisco Symphony's music director, Essa Pekasalanen, as he takes the podium to open this concert with Sleep and Unremembrance by Elizabeth Ogonek. Thank you. 
You've just heard Elizabeth Ogonek's Sleep and Unremembrance. The San Francisco Symphony was led by music director Essa Pekka-Salonen. Elizabeth Ogonek was born in Minnesota and studied at Indiana University's Jacobs School of Music, USC's Thornton School of Music, and the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London. From 2015 to 2018, she was composer in residence for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. She later taught at Oberlin Conservatory, and she's currently assistant professor of composition at Cornell University. She says that her composition of Sleep and Unremembrance was providential in many ways. It's based on a work by a Polish poet, she herself is a descendant of Polish immigrants, and one of the first boosts to her career came from the London Symphony Orchestra's Panufnik Composers Scheme, which honors the memory of the Polish-turned-British composer Andrzej Panufnik by helping emerging composers gain hands-on experience writing for and working with orchestras. In a moment, Esapeka Salonen will return with violinist Lila Josefowicz for an impossible concerto that began life on a cocktail napkin. You're listening to a broadcast concert by the San Francisco Symphony from Davies Symphony Hall. I'm Rick Malone. Just as Brahms and Bruch had relied on the great virtuoso Josef Joachim for advice when they wrote their violin concertos, Igor Stravinsky had a famous violinist for a collaborator on his concerto, Polish-born Samuel Dushkin. They were introduced by Stravinsky's publisher, hit it off, and remained good friends the rest of their lives. But the concerto that Stravinsky wrote for Dushkin began on what seemed an inauspicious note. Dushkin recalled sitting at lunch with Stravinsky when the composer took out a piece of paper and wrote down a chord and asked me if it could be played. I have never seen a chord with such an enormous stretch from the E to the top A, and I said, no. Stravinsky said sadly, quel dommage, what a pity. After I got home, I tried it, and to my astonishment, I found that in that register, the stretch was relatively easy to play, and the sound fascinated me. I telephoned Stravinsky at once to tell him that it could be done. When the concerto was finished more than six months later, I understood his disappointment when I first said no. This chord, in a different dress, begins each of the four movements. Stravinsky himself calls it his passport to the concerto. End quote. Dushkin ended up not only premiering the concerto in Berlin in 1931, he introduced it in over a dozen cities in Europe and the United States and made the first recording of it in 1932. And now here is tonight's soloist, Leela Josefowitz, who made her own debut at the age of 10 on a Bob Hope TV special. She joins music director Esapeka Salonen and the San Francisco Symphony for the Violin Concerto by Igor Stravinsky.
That was the Violin Concerto by Igor Stravinsky. Lila Josefowitz was the soloist, and Esa-Pekka Salonen led the San Francisco Symphony. Lila Josefowitz has been in the public eye since she was 10, when she was a featured guest on a nationally televised tribute to Bob Hope. She was born in Canada, but moved with her family to L.A. when she was very young, and started regular lessons at five after beginning on a baby-sized violin in a Suzuki class. Her father joined her for those lessons until young Leela told her dad, it would be better if you didn't play, end quote. She later received a scholarship to study at the Curtis Institute in Philadelphia. 1994 was a big year for Leela Josephowitz. She made her Carnegie Hall debut playing the Tchaikovsky Concerto, signed an exclusive contract to record for Phillips Classics, and received an Avery Fisher career grant. Her first two recordings won Diapason d'Or awards, and she won Echo Classic awards in 1998 and 2007. She's made several recordings of the music of John Adams and played the premieres of his violin concerto, also those by Colin Matthews and Esa-Pekka Salomon. In 2007, she was named a USA Cummings Fellow. In 2008, she received a MacArthur Genius Grant for her commitment to contemporary music. She made her San Francisco Symphony debut in 1997 and became a Shenson Young Artist in 2008. Lila Josephowitz back out on stage now with music director Esa-Pekka Salonen. Lots of applause from the crowd here at Davies Symphony Hall as well as from members of the San Francisco Symphony. One of Lila Josephowitz's biggest fans was the late novelist Anne Rice, who wrote her novel, Violin, while listening to Lila Josephowitz's recordings. And in return, Ms. Josephowitz recorded a CD inspired by the book. Lila Josephowitz currently lives in New York with her young son, loves jazz, likes to play sports, although she sometimes wears boxing gloves to protect her hands, and plays on a 1724 Guarnarius del Jesu violin. I'll be back in a moment with the second half of this concert by Esa-Pekka Salonen and the San Francisco Symphony, the ballet that jump-started the modernist era of the 20th century. This broadcast of the San Francisco Symphony is made possible with the generous support of Fred Levin of the Shenson Foundation, in memory of Nancy Livingston Levin and Ben and A. Jess Shenson. Additional support is generously provided by the Acacia Foundation. Welcome back to Davies Symphony Hall for the second half of this broadcast concert by the San Francisco Symphony with music director Esa-Pekka Salonen. I'm Rick Malone. Igor Stravinsky's ballet, The Rite of Spring, is probably the most famous or infamous piece of music written in the 20th century, if not ever. The first performance in Paris in 1913 caused the most famous riot in music history, which made it a huge success in the eyes of Serge Diaghilev of the Ballet Russe, who'd commissioned it, and who knew great publicity when he saw it. But the cause of the riot was probably not so much the score itself as the primitive and angular choreography, which was based on ancient Russian folk dances, as well as with the factionalism in the Parisian art world. Art was politics in France in the early 20th century, and differences of opinion were almost guaranteed to cause a riot. This particular riot is still controversial over a century later. One story has it that it was planned in advance, another that Stravinsky actually joined in. In contrast, though, at the first concert performance a year later, the audience was so enthusiastic they carried Stravinsky on their shoulders through the streets of Paris. The two parts of the ballet are the adoration of the earth 
and The Great Sacrifice. In his autobiography, Stravinsky described his initial idea for the piece, not a musical idea, but rather a fleeting vision. I saw in imagination a solemn pagan rite. Sage elders seated in a circle watched a young girl dance herself to death. They were sacrificing her to propitiate the god of spring. End quote. The folk traditions on which Stravinsky's story is based go all the way back to descriptions of ancient Scythians by the Greek historian Herodotus. Although none of these stories mentions human sacrifice as part of the Slavic tradition, the sacrifice was always the central focus of the ballet. The title in Russian translates more accurately as Sacred Spring. The San Francisco Symphony's music director laureate, Michael Tilson Thomas, has described the Rite of Spring as the greatest party piece ever written, a kind of rave at which one of the participants has such a great time that she doesn't make it through the night. What's so remarkable about this piece, says MTT, is that Stravinsky gave everyone a sense of what it's like to be inside such an ecstatic ritual. Other composers wrote pieces based on folklore that described one sort of religious rite or another, but they perhaps have more the perspective of an anthropologist, standing off to one side, dutifully taking pictures of everything. Stravinsky really allows you to feel like you are one of the celebrants, and that's the power that it still has for us today. End quote. Once again, here is the San Francisco Symphony's music director, Esa Pekka Salonen, to lead them in the ballet Le Sacre du Printemps, the Rite of Spring by Igor Stravinsky.
Sacre du Printemps, The Rite of Spring by Igor Stravinsky. The San Francisco Symphony was led by music director Esa Pekka Salonen. And Esa Pekka Salonen offering a solo bow to principal bassoon Stephen Paulson for his beautiful solo at the very beginning. He asks the principal winds to stand, principal brass, the percussion, concertmaster Alexander Baranchik, and now, as Sepaka Salonen asks the entire San Francisco Symphony to stand. The San Francisco Symphony has recorded the Rite of Spring with music director laureate Michael Tilson Thomas for BMG Classics. That set also features the complete Firebird Ballet and the melodrama Persephone. It won three Grammy Awards for Best Orchestral Performance, Best Engineered Classical Album, and Best Classical Album. The Rite of Spring is also featured in the Symphony's award-winning DVD series, Keeping Score.
Although Stravinsky later downplayed the ethnological basis for the ballet, it is full of melodies derived from traditional folk tunes, including that famous bassoon solo that opens the piece. He once said that his opening introduction should represent the awakening of nature, the scratching, gnawing, wiggling of birds and beasts. This quote may have been what gave Walt Disney the idea to include the piece in his groundbreaking 1939 animated film, Fantasia. You've been listening to a broadcast concert of the San Francisco Symphony from Davies Symphony Hall. Violinist Leela Josefowitz was the soloist for Igor Stravinsky's Violin Concerto, and music director Esapekka Salonen led the orchestra in Stravinsky's ballet The Rite of Spring and Elizabeth Elgonik's Sleep and Unremembrance. These broadcast concerts are produced by the San Francisco Symphony, and music director Esapekka Salonen, President Priscilla B. Gieselin, and interim executive director Matthew Spivey this broadcast was recorded by John Johansson and edited by Jason O'Connell, and the program notes were adapted from those written by James M. Keller. National syndication of these concerts is provided by the WFMT Radio Network. Don't forget that you can visit the symphony online and find out more about the programs, the artists, and the orchestra at sfsymphony.org. This is Rick Malone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next broadcast concert by the San Francisco Symphony. This broadcast of the San Francisco Symphony is made possible with the generous support of Fred Levin of the Shenson Foundation, in memory of Nancy Livingston Levin and Ben and A. Jess Shenson. Additional support is generously provided by the Acacia Foundation 